In this episode of Techopia Live, we talk with an Ottawa startup that's using artificial intelligence to help power companies maximize renewable energy, and it's getting ready for an anticipated Series A funding round. Today, we talk with Blue Wave AI. Welcome to Techopia Live. I'm Michael Curran, filling in for my colleagues at the Ottawa Business Journal. I'm pleased to co-host this episode with someone who is a familiar face to Techopia's audience. Number Crunch is a Techopia sponsor that specializes in accounting services, all the way from CFO to controller to bookkeeper, especially when it comes to ambitious tech startups. Please welcome the managing partner of Number Crunch, the one and only Susan Richards. <laughs> Thank you. Happy to be here. I'm sure you're not the one and only. You're the one no, and only for me, I, Susan. I'm sure there's many Susan Richards. You know what? It is the Jane Smith or or whatever of names. There's uh, my doctor has five Susan Richards. So oh I really had a tonsillectomy uh, okay. one time. <laughs> well, for, to me, you're the one and only. Oh, thanks. So, so listen, uh, Susan, before we uh, introduce, we got a great guest uh, lined up for today and a, a connection to uh, to your business, too, by the way, I should mention. But um, in addition to, you know, doing the books for dozens of local uh, startups, including many uh, software as a service uh, players, you're also the chair of Invest Ottawa, which plays, you know, such a uh, important role in the local economy. I just want to take this opportunity to say it's September it's back, you know, we're, we're hopefully emerging from the pandemic. What are you thinking when it comes to Ottawa's technology sector, Susan? Oh, I'm feeling very um, energized and enthusiastic as we enter September. I can feel, first of all, my calendar is busier than it has been for a long time. Um, uh, events are happening. So October 27th is Accelerate OTT, which is going to be hybrid this year. I think we're gonna see a lot more of this activity in-person and online activity. Um, it's been an interesting time. I mean, it's obviously been di difficult and, and challenging for many business owners, but we've been more innovative over the last year and a half than ever before. Um, there's been uh, valuations that have soared in many cases, which have opened up funding opportunities that were unprecedented. Um, it's not been that easy. Talent has been all over the map. It's always been a challenge for our region. But pre-pandemic, we were trying to attract talent to the region. Then we went through a wave of exchanging talent as companies, some companies ramped down, other companies ramped up. Then uh, people were able to go broader. And, and I think, you know, we're going to, talent is going to continue to be an interesting um, focus for our region. But innovation, um, I think we've been more innovative than ever. So I think we're going to come out of the strong. That's awesome. And I do completely agree from the statistics. I think, you know, if we take a look at venture capital financing across Canada, it's super hot. Valuations are up. And I, again, I agree on the talent side, too, that uh, this pandemic and the work from home, work remote, I mean, it's thrown a monkey wrench into everyone's talent strategies. And we'll need to think that through. And hopefully Ottawa comes up a winner, right? Maybe we can attract more people, uh, fill more jobs from people in other parts of Canada or or other things like that. I am seeing evidence, by the way, when I talk to people, like someone's in New Brunswick on the call or someone's from Nova Scotia. So that, that's kind of cool. 
Yeah, absolutely. We've uh, we've added interesting diversity. Uh, there's been more of a broader regional approach, I think, um, a lot of collaboration. People have learned to work differently. Um, and now we're going to get back to what we used to do, too. So I think, um, you know, we've added more sophistication to the way that we do business, which has got to be beneficial to us. I think so. Um, and also we had the benefit of a few funding things. So first of all, the subsidies helped a lot of innovative companies. We also had um, a lot of help from banks that were helped by the government. Um, and they'll have an understanding of any companies that had dips, financial dips during uh, the pandemic. So I think from a non-dilutive standpoint, we're pretty a good stronghold for um, for going forward. And then um, investor, which, you know, we're talking about that today. Um, interesting opportunities that are um, pops, uh, popping up for founders there, too. So there'll be lots of activity still continuing for the next, uh, certainly the next year. Uh, well, thanks for that input. And um, Susan, let's uh, introduce our guest. It's my yeah. pleasure to welcome the CEO and founder of Blue Wave, Devishish Paul. Welcome, Dev. Hi, Hello. how's everyone doing today? We're doing great, oh, great. because you're oh, here. Great to see you. And we're yeah. excited for you. Uh, we're excited for you. We're excited for Blue Wave, Dev. Um, so you're you're an interesting uh, fellow. If, if anyone looks you up on LinkedIn, uh, as I did, Dev, a few things are going to stand out. You're graduated from RMC with a degree in electrical engineering. Then you did an MBA in marketing, which I think is a really cool kind of combination, by the way. Mm -hmm. And then a master's yeah. in engineering. And on top of all that, you're an Ironman athlete, I think I read. Yeah. So you're like a superhero. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think it's more... Um, um, you end up with a lot of uh, you end up being the average of all the people uh, surrounding you your family members your colleagues your friends your co-workers and all of that so so yeah i think um you know part of that is just uh who you end up associating with and uh who, who who's in your overall support crew to to be able to do all those type of things. So you're saying and, you, uh, you hang out with other superheroes, I think is what you're saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're <laughs> Very all humble guy. <laughs> we're exactly. all the average of the people we get to hang out with. Um, yeah. uh, you know, and that includes professors, it includes parents, it includes everybody, right? Coaches, um, all of those people, um, you know, people on this call, like people like Ottawa Business Journal and, and Number Crunch are also people th that bring up our average, right? So, yeah. uh, you know, I think it's, um, you know, obviously um, uh, my life is not unifocus. Uh, I think a uh, combination of all those things actually, and, and everyone has a different, uh, a combination of different things that, uh, you know, whether they're a musician, uh, whether they're an engineer, whether they're stat statistician, uh, wh whether they're an expert at politics, it doesn't, uh, you know, there's a, this whole combination. And I kind of look for that also when we hire our employees, of, cool. you know, what all assets do they bring to the table other than, you know, some fundamental algorithmic skills or, you know, um, in some cases, like a salesperson who's traveled to like 35 countries, you're like, okay, we, we want to do international sales. And this person can probably relate to, you know, that it's a 13 hour time difference to Japan. And that changes when you send out an email from Ottawa. So, you know, like the, being aware of those types of things, uh, they all kind of fit together. 
So listen, we uh, that's a good way to check in with you, uh, Dev. That's uh, that's a great start. Um, there are some people that might be watching or listening today that aren't familiar with Blue Wave AI. So give us your elevator pitch. What what is Blue Wave AI? So Blue Wave AI is a Ottawa-based software company, if that's not obvious at this point. And our goal is to build the world's premier renewable energy and transport electrification AI company uh, based uh, based here in Ottawa. We think there's the skills here to really create a, a world champion. Um, what we do is uh, we use data from our customers who are utilities, EV fleet operators, and large industrial customers to predict, optimize, and control how they use energy, ideally using more renewable and, uh, and using less um, uh, carbon-based energy and reduce their cost of operations on a 24 by seven by, you know, 365 or well, 24 by seven by 52 basis. Um, <laughs> and, and continuously make small gains for them all the time, which accrue to a large savings or a large revenue maximization. Um, typically we say to our customers on any given instance, the human operator might do better than our software but on 35,000 times a year, every 15 minutes, when our software doesn't sleep, it doesn't get sick, it doesn't, it doesn't have to, um, you know, it, 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 it can deal with exceptions in, 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 in certain ways and deal with a lot of data simultaneously will we'll beat the human operator on fun. average. And that accrues to a lot. So um, we're going to get Susan back in the conversation to ask a funding question. Before we go there, Dev, I wanted to ask uh, you to give us an update on the company. About four or five weeks ago, uh, Blue Wave AI announced some pretty big news involving Tata Power in India. Mm -hmm. Tata, of course, is this mega corporation we all know from India. But tell us about what's happening with Blue Wave as it relates to India. Well, um, I'll back it up a bit. Um, you know, one might ask, why would a startup from Canada end up doing work with a, a multinational, you know, 10 and a half time zones away? And um, the challenge for us uh, being focused on renewable energy and electrification of transport is we have to go to the customer base where a, there's a compelling reason to use more renewable energy and less carbon-based energy, usually where the cost of energy is like really high. Um, and where there's a regulatory environment forcing our customers to actually do certain things uh, and change their old way of business. Uh, so if we look at the Canadian market, uh, our energy is super cheap uh, relative to the rest of the world, even though we might complain about it on our own hydro bills. Um, it's super cheap and it's generally super clean um, overall. And we do complain about our carbon footprint here and it's high, but most of our electricity's got actually got a low carbon footprint. Um, therefore, the adopter customers in the Canadian market, the utilities here, um, they don't have the same economic and regulatory pressures that we, we see in Europe, in Asia, in parts of the US market, um, generally because we have a lot of hydropower and we've adopted a decent amount of wind already. And it's only for peaks in our uh, energy consumption that we turn on large amounts of natural gas. 
uh, but most of the base energy is from other sources. Now, in the in the Indian market, and, and we're also an extremely energy-rich country in Canada. Now, the there's markets in in uh, in Europe. Um, I wouldn't say the U.S. is not energy rich, uh, poor. They're en they're energy rich, but they have a lot of dirty energy. Uh, in in European countries, there's a lot of imported energy, and so there's a desire to in when we started Blue Wave, we're like, okay, where is it that people want to use in quote free renewable energy? There's an opportunity for energy poor countries and economies to jump ahead. Um, and if you think about it, what are the things that are fundamental to building an economy? It's uh, first education, um, uh, education and equality and access to opportunities. And those are underpinned uh, with uh, good and stable energy. I remember uh, when I was a kid uh, studying under candlelight and we can get into that story later, um, but not, not, not like the lights weren't on, the fans weren't on, the air conditioning wasn't on, and uh, you study under candlelight. Uh, so, you know, access to education, access to energy, and uh, increasingly in the modern world, uh, access to communications, the internet. Internet. Um, yeah. if, 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 it, if, if an economy has all of that, they're at a good starting point. The next thing is being resource rich. So here in Canada, we have everything, but there's other economies who don't have any of them. And we can look at what's happening in Afghanistan to see the example of that. So um, in the Indian economy, the about four or five years ago, the prime minister said, okay, our path to becoming energy rich is renewable. So let's go crazy. Let's really push renewable projects, which they have. But that also entails a whole bunch of regulatory things to change the behavior of utilities and large industrial customers. So we kind of backed into, you know, my my family's heritage may originally be Indian, but I, I like I, I have no connection literally to any of the business world there, right? I'm just like a regular Canadian expat going, hey, I got cool tech, do you want to use it? Which is <laughs> literally what we did when we showed up on a Canada, India, AI, IOT mission with the Canadian government. And we're like, hey, we have cool tech. Since we have cool tech, you should use it, which is what most of us entrepreneurs say. And and then it's kind of like, well, who's going to pay for this? Who's What problem are you solving? Um, and there's the Canada in, in India Innovation Program that we thought would get us in. Uh, we did not get that, but we managed to uh, actually re-vector that and uh, raise some of our own investor capital, sign an MOU with Tata Power back in 2019 um, to, to basically solve a similar problem to what we're doing in Summerside PEI. And, um, and we built off that MOU and we got some, some additional uh, investment. And we invested in the, were, the CEO of Tata Power Mumbai. He saw a video that we prepared and I went there on site. I showed him the video. He's like, if you can do that and take this thing that you have working in Summerside, Canada, most people in Canada don't even know where Summerside is. <laughs> I do. 
right? I do um, too. <laughs> yeah, and uh, well, the CEO of Tata Power, he he kind of like knew like Toronto. He probably didn't know, uh, and he's a really smart guy. It's just people don't even know where Ottawa is, right? So know. people know That's Toronto. Sad. They might have heard of Vancouver and Montreal. Everything else is another city. So. Summerside could have been a metropolis in Canada for all he knew. Um, having said that, we showed him a video of what we were doing, predicting how much energy the city's using, predicting how much wind energy they were generating, and then coming up with the ideal difference of what to get from the upper grid with PEI connected to New Brunswick. And he's like, I have that problem. No wind, just, just the energy that Mumbai is using. I need to buy the exact amount of energy every 15 minutes. Can you help me with, can you make this work here? Wow. And it's like, of course I can make it work. Um, well, my team will make it work. <laughs> I'll, I'll make the commitment and we'll get it working. And, um, and so um, he said, okay, fine. We'll give you, the, I'll put all my team behind it. I think this is, this is compelling. And you need champions, you need innovative uh, uh, customers. He's like, you invest in getting this working. I'll invest with my data, with my people, with my IT, with my back office. And then if it all works, then we'll, we'll sign a multi-year contract with you. But I'm not giving you a penny until I see it working. So it's up to you. Go, go, go and invest in this. Um, and we did. And we got things initially working. And then COVID-19 hit. And we should have had a long-term contract on April 2020, April 1st, 2020. And we got it on April 1st, 2021, because we had to adjust our testing to a whole year of COVID from remote, from the cloud, not setting Tough. a foot Tough. there. Um, no business guys going there, no engineering guys to, going there, all from our bedrooms. And you know, we're partially back in the office now, but uh, the contract was done far before we could even see each other in the office. So. That's a bit, that's yes. a big win, uh, Dev. So listen, I, I want to bring Susan into the conversation. Of course, yeah. Susan uh, yeah. does work with all sorts of companies. I think, in, including yours, around CFO services. And Susan, you were going to ask a question about, you know, how do you fund a company like this, right? Well, exactly. I mean, Dev, you've done a great job highlighting the complexity, the sophistication here, and the the long sales cycle that you have yeah. to deal with. And so from a, a funding standpoint, you know, people are always interested to, to learn from others and how they're funding. Um, and so how are you preparing for that? How are, how are you handling things from a funding standpoint? You know, our, our market's a bit unique uh, in the clean tech market. The, the sales cycle is our longer. It's not downloading. Uh, I, I was just on a call this morning with Export Development Corporation. And I said, hey, look, like our, our customers, don't just enter a visa number on a web portal and download our product and pay us $10.99 a month. And we have like 100,000 of those customers in the first year. That, that's not how our business works. And I was joking with the guy from EDC that you know how long it takes to get $1 out of a bank account in India or Luxembourg or, or Dubai or Japan and have it wired across the world um you know into into our accounts at rbc and um you know that just setting up the infrastructure the back office infrastructure to do it and you know companies like number crunch are a critical part of us setting up all of that infrastructure um those are like things that you don't think of when you work at a multinational and when you become an entrepreneur you're like oh my god i got to set up all that infrastructure and so 
you know, that's that's some of the back end. And then the front end is the customer revenue and the financing. <laughs> and without that, you're dead, right? So you got all of this stuff underpinning you and keeping your company going, but you need fuel coming in. And the way I equate it is um, what you're trying to do is uh, like the, the Formula One drivers, they come into pit lane and as quickly as possible, they want to refuel. And once they're topped up with fuel and tires and everything, the, the Formula One pilot heads out on the track and he competes head to head with the other drivers and they're trying to win the constructors championship and startups are like that too right and if you you you, you got to get the right amount of fuel with the right type of uh, fuel octane and all that to 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 build your company now the complex complexity with the clean tech market is our cycles are long but once we have someone locked in they're infinitely sticky for a really long time right and so the, 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 the challenge for us, when we look at the, the types of the octane of the fuel, right? You have like angel invest, you have family and friends, you have angel investors, you got VCs, you got non-dilutive funding, you have customer revenue, you got government-based debt financing programs that you can get into, and then you have, you know, your bankers debt financing, right? And each one has a different cost in terms of, um, you know, the amount of overhead we put into it, you know, that's like pulling into the pit lane. And also like how, like, how do we, you know, how do we uh, incentivize our, our team? So they have a piece of the pie at the end of the day, you're in a startup. So they want to have a piece of the pie downstream from now um, and, and, and not get too diluted too early, inclusive of our earliest investors. So we felt in one of our uh, board members, Pierre Rivard, uh, Pierre is uh, the second, uh, well, he's a co-founder of a company called Hydrogenics. Um, they did hydrogen-based fuel cells based out of Toronto area. Um, and they, um, they went public with uh, dual listing in TSX and NASDAQ, raised 500 million or a market cap of 500 million at, at, at their uh, time. And they've been a. They eventually, uh, recently, long after Pierre left, they've been sold recently. Uh, but um, they, um, what they uh, did was they went on um, the target of going a public company path, but along the way dilute the company in appropriate amounts, with, in, initially with private investor or, or private family office capital before, long before they took a, a VC round. And then they went, so so they did the VC round as a last step before going public. And uh, Pierre feels like in our market, this is the best path to create like a Canadian world champion. If we take, if we go to, and we did have a few VC offers along the way, um, which we decided not to folk, uh, take uh, and focus on the private investor, the revenue, the grant based, uh, uh, non-dilutive financing, um, all of those things to to basically accrue market success, product stability, team stability. Uh, so you basically incubated the company to basically go to the larger financing step. I'm not saying we're on the right, we're, we're on the perfect path, but this is the path that we've gone on up to now. 
and I, the market will tell us where where what, what's what's really right. The the market decides. And Susan, that might uh, you must deal with these issues. That sound sound very complex, by the way, Deb. You're giving us all a appreciation for what you know founders need to go through when they're considering funding and, and especially make, making sure that they don't get diluted too much. Any of that really strike a chord with you, Susan, in, in picking up on some of those points? Yeah, I think you know, for people that are watching, the key thing is you you, got, you need to know your business and and where it fits into your market and how and the lifelong cycle of your business. Um, because there, it is complex out there and to simplify it too much and just do what you see somebody else doing um, may not fit your business model. Um, you have to understand how long it'll take to fundraise. You have to understand that there will be hiccups along the way and, um, and know how intimate you need to be with your clients that are willing to fund you and partner along the way, especially with clean tech and biotech. These two um, are very similar profiled, whereas, you know, someone who is a SaaS um, with a, a credit card type transaction, they have very different funding mechanisms. So it's important to, everybody needs to have their house in order. You need to have your books clean. You need to know your numbers. You need to be collecting data so that you can um, prove out your business model to potential investors down the road. And what that kind of data looks like will depend on the type of business you have. For an organization like this, usage data, results for his customers, um, a lot of things about the, the value of the product are a lot more meaningful than another SaaS company where it might be more about uh, the transactional data and showing how long your customer retention is and churn and LTV. Sometimes it applies to a business, sometimes not as much. And so that's important. Um, don't just uh, take somebody else's guidance, like make sure it fits your business. And, and Dev has, knows that in spades. Yeah, um, and Dev, you've thought that through uh, so well. Dev, we're going to wrap up in about one minute. Before we go, you got me really excited when you're talking to your board member that had a $500 million market cap in the U.S. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, in, in a minute or so, give us a sense of where, what is your grand vision for Blue Wave? Where are you in two, three years down the road? Yeah, so um, maybe uh, you kind of mentioned that uh, you know when when I start uh, when we started off, you mentioned that I do Ironman triathlons, and I uh, I was competing in the Ironman triathlon worlds in Hawaii in 2006, then in 2010 and 2013, and I saw the deployment initially of wind energy, uh, the far end of the bike course, you go through a wind farm which you kind of don't want to do. Uh, mm -hmm. Biking through a wind farm is not the ideal place to go. And 20 miles into the run course, you run through a lava fields with solar panels. And I saw the deployment of, of this hardware uh, on the big island of Hawaii where they burn a lot of fuel uh, for their energy, right? Uh, for their electricity, they burn you know, coal and oil. They import it in, in this pristine location. It's a microcosm of, of what we're doing to the earth, um, and I was um, I was working in 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 networking and AI switching chipsets and all that. And it's like, how do how do I get my world to converge with these guys? They're doing something like really meaningful, and you know, I just you go back to work and you start think of like, what what am I doing with my life, and how 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 can I how can I have a positive impact? So my grand vision is that we build a platform with Blue Wave. We build a clean tech community here in Ottawa. Um, you know, scores of uh, young people, uh, you know, hundreds, thousands of young people behind us um, 
who are in networking and SaaS and all of that, they they actually revector their minds and their uh, their 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 energy into kind of transforming the world and using energy better and polluting less of the world. And if we can do it with our smarts in the cloud, help the human operators make better decisions um, and lead the world a better place, then you know everything everything's like worth it. And I think uh, you know part of the reason why we're trying to go as long as we can independent is if this ends up inside a multinational corporation, they won't make the innovation and the uh, economic the the uh, carbon footprint impact that we can do in a startup. So it's kind of like one of my board members said, wouldn't it be faster to scale this inside a multinational? And I said, well, why don't we add the scaling inside us instead of the scaling? Because then we we control the destiny of the vision. Um, and I think that's an important part. Uh, any of the uh, startups in our community, I mean, you look at what Shopify's, I remember talking to Harley and Harley's, uh, you know, someone said we could be the next Google. And then I think Harley said something along the lines of we'll buy Google. Um, you know, <laughs> so, so something along those lines. But yeah. I, I think that's how we have to think. You know, I, I was yeah. telling my, my finance guy, I was like, don't worry, you'll be buying up pieces of Exxon when it crumbles. Um, wow. Because wow. we're on the right path and they're, they're on the legacy uh, declining business path. So I could be wrong, but we got to have a, we, we, we got to aim. Well, that's fantastic. I mean, what a vision, Dev. What a vision. That's uh, that's fantastic. So thank you for joining us uh, here today. And Susan, thank you for everything you do in the community, both through Number Crunch and Invest Ottawa. Uh, congratulations and wishing you uh, lots of, success, uh, lots to of success to come. Yeah. Techopia is brought to you by many great sponsors, such as Number Crunch, offering virtual CFO services for SaaS companies, Pearly Robertson, Hill & McDougall, a leader in business and technology sector law, TD Bank, specialized programs for technology companies, the University of Ottawa Faculty of Engineering, creating the next generation of technical talent, and Stratford Group, providing service to help scale your tech venture. Techopia is not only a podcast, we post new articles daily at obj.ca slash techopia. If you're on Facebook or Twitter, you can find Techopia at Techopia, O-T-T. And if you're on YouTube, please subscribe and click the bell icon. That's it for this episode of Techopia Live. A big thank you once again to Devashish and Susan for joining us. We will be back very soon. You'll see uh, Sherry, the regular host, coming up in just a few days. Please stay connected to us and uh, please stay healthy and have a great fall. Cheers.